0: If you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to the New Testament book of Acts, after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we're going to continue things from the book of Acts here this morning. Again, my name's Joe Crummy, and uh, glad to be able to share with you this morning, and we've been going through a series in the book of Acts, and can you believe we've almost been, uh, this tells you the teacher part of it, okay? We've almost been eight weeks, and we're just getting to chapter 2 now okay so thanks for uh being with us there's so much in here it's hard we can't you don't want to skip over anything but we're finally to acts chapter 2 and maybe you're saying this but certainly i think they were from what we're going to read it was worth the wait as they were waiting for the holy spirit so just a quick summary if you remember uh as we look back over these last few weeks we've seen that jesus who was physically here on earth Uh, We remember at Christmas time, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, and Jesus grew up, and we see at the age of 30, he began his ministry, and for three years, he came and he brought teaching about what the kingdom of God is, he brought teaching, demonstrating who God was in heaven, you know, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, Jesus would say, and he really kind of rocked the world of the religious society of his day, and how he brought compassion, how he brought love, but he also brought teaching that came with authority, and he had authority over sickness and disease, he had authority over evil spirits, all these powerful, incredible things that we read in what we call the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then, all the way along, he's sort of foreshadowing what his goal is, and Tim read it out from Isaiah 53 this morning, how it was prophesied years and hundreds of years before, that there would be one who would come who would be the Savior, but he would also be the Lamb of God, that he would be the sacrificial lamb. As we see in the Old Testament, they would sacrifice uh, lambs, and they'd sacrifice the goats the Day of Atonement, that we had a once-and-for-all sacrifice coming. Jesus Christ, the righteous one who had never sinned, was going to take upon him all the sins of the world. And that's what Tim read out this morning, in case you hadn't heard that before and that jesus would come and he wasn't going to be a hollywood superstar that he looked great and everyone followed because of his good looks or his smooth talk and all those things it says you know what he had no majesty about him that would make us attractive to him okay and we see that jesus a man familiar with sorrow okay he was a man of suffering familiar with sorrows and how he as savior lamb of god was totally different from the king they thought was coming who would rule in politics who would rule in military who would rule in power in the sense of that sort of type of kingdom and jesus flipped everything he said you want to enter the kingdom you got to become like a little child this is the jesus that the disciples were around and jesus towards the end before he was to go on the cross he began to teach his disciples about the holy spirit and we can see in John chapter 14, 15, 16, 17. He doesn't say a whole lot about the Holy Spirit. Okay, John the Baptist okay, says Jesus is coming. He prepared the way at Jesus' baptism. You remember what John the Baptist said? Okay, he said there's one coming after me that's going to be greater than me. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Luke three sixteen. And we see the Holy Spirit, when Jesus was physically baptized in water, the Holy Spirit came down as the dove rested upon him. And God the Father spoke. Said, this is my son, this is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. And we've been studying the Trinity, just a little bunny trail. Great picture. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And Jesus, before he died, taught in his disciples, the Holy Spirit is going to come. I'm not going to leave you as Orphans, okay. The Holy Spirit's going to come. It's wonderful. I read this with Gerald on Friday. We read John fourteen. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. Peace I leave with you, not as the world gives. Amazing. Okay, Jesus, saint disciples. We can receive it today. Okay? That's this, this is the backdrop. Okay, of the wait is finally over. And of course, Jesus died on the cross. It was fulfilled, what was prophesied so many years ago, that he who knew no sin became sin for us. The great substitute, the great sacrifice, the great exchange. He took on our sin, our sinful nature, our sinful DNA, and the acts that we've done, and the right we should have done that we didn't do, and the wrongs we shouldn't have done that we did do, both in deed and thought, action, word, throughout history for all of humanity. And now we're given the righteousness of Christ. And as Gary says, his favorite verse over and over again. From 1 Corinthians 1, the end of the chapter, verse 30. Okay? Christ, for us, has become our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. Okay? But he promised the Holy Spirit would come. He said, wait for his sight." He said, wait so the promise of the Father. And we've looked at it over these last eight weeks. All the prophecies. You remember from Ezekiel. You know, I'm going to put a new spirit within you. I'm going to give you a new heart. A heart of flesh, a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. All the way through Jeremiah. I'm going to put my spirit in you. I'm going to write my law on your heart. And the poor disciples, they still didn't get it. And they saw Jesus crucified and they were crushed. All their hopes and dreams were in this one man. Crushed. Uh, Jesus, you know, they taunted Jesus. He saved others. Why don't you save yourself? And Jesus, like a lamb before the slaughter was silent wasn't his time for him to defend himself that's the gospel this is the good news we have hope that we don't have to fear death that we can have victory over sin this is the hope that we found this is the peace we found this is the joy we found because God's found us that he sent his son and that by his spirit he draws us that we realize Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is our Savior and Lord. And he promises the Holy Spirit. He promises that not only are you going to be saved legally, so if you look at our account sheet of our sins, not only is it going to be legally dealt with, debt is paid in full. It gets even better than that. That's great news right there. But guess what? God says, I'm going to put my spirit in you. Because in the Old Testament, he gave them the rules, the regulations, said, follow me, obey my commands. Okay, as Andy read out. But he says, I'm going to make it even better. I'm going to put my spirit in you to help you obey me. To help you know me. And then Jesus resurrected, appeared to his disciples. Incredulous. I mean, it was Incredible. That they saw Jesus physically die, buried in a tomb, okay, just shattered, hiding in a room, scared, thought they were going to be next, denying Jesus, and then a resurrection. Jesus appears, and the first thing He says to you to them is, "Peace be with you." And Jesus taught them, as we've seen from Luke, we saw in Luke twenty-four how Jesus opened their minds to the Scriptures, what was written in the book of Moses, what was written in the prophets, what was written in the Psalms, pointing towards him. And then Jesus still said this, I must go and you must wait. Now folks, we're building up to something here. This is why Pentecost is so important. <laughs> okay, we're doing this deliberately to say, okay, we've got history on our side because today we can receive Christ and we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. But you just got to think a couple of thousands of years, the Jewish people have been waiting for what was prophesied in the Old Testament. Jesus comes along, the anointed one. Okay? Ben read out that scripture last week from Luke chapter 4 where Jesus is quoting Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And then he says, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And Jesus says, I must go back to my father and you wait in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. And we read in Acts 1.8, okay? you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. And so we see them last week. Remember in Acts chapter 1, they're gathering together, they're in the upper room, they're praying together, 120 gathered. We've got the men and women together seeking God, and they're figuring out some strategy things. We've got to replace Judas, and we saw that last week. Matthias, like lots were cast. And now, here we are, Acts chapter 2. And the wait is finally over. And we're going to read about being worth the wait. So this is where we pick it up in Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly. Man, if you took your Bible and you just went through and you circle all the places where it says suddenly, it's really exciting. It's like God's amazing that way. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them, and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Woo! Thousands of years, Jesus on earth, everything, and here we are in a couple of sentences, this is what happened. It's like, incredible. And now they were dwelling in Jerusalem, because of Pentecost, all the Jews from all the different areas, and I'm talking like a wide area, if you can get out the map. And Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, not every nation as like Canada or New Zealand at the time, but every nation that was alive at that time where the Jews were dispersed. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. I love that word. They were bewildered. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phygea and Pamphylia, Egypt and other parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. I practice all week on that one, all right? If you go fast enough, you can't remember if you said them wrong or not, Okay. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others, mocking, said, they're filled with new wine. Okay? We're just going to go quickly because our time's going. But just the magnitude of what we've just read, sometimes it can be lost on us, that thousands of years waiting for this moment, and suddenly the Spirit is poured out, the promise of the Father is given. Suddenly, the promise fulfilled at Pentecost. Finally. Folks, this is what in church history we call the birth of the church. This is what a lot of historians refer to. This is the birth of the church. Okay, The Holy Spirit has been given. Okay, Something new is happening and it's fulfilled finally. And we see that Pentecost, all Pentecost means is the Greek word for like 50 days. And so if you look in the Old Testament, they had these different feasts. And I think this is the third one, the Feast of Weeks, that was 50 days after the Passover. And so, you know, just a couple of things almost as a side thing here. That it was a harvest festival. So 50 days after the Passover. So Old Testament Passover is when they remember God bringing the Jews out of Egypt. and you Remember they killed the lamb, they put the blood over the doorpost, and the angel came by and it saw the blood, they were saved. And how that, again, pointed to Jesus going to be the Lamb of God. His blood is going to save us and they celebrated the Passover, and 50 days after that, they had this fe- feast of weeks where they would go to the temple, the Jews, and they would give the first parts of their crops to the temple as a sign to thank God that more crops were on the way. So it was like the first part of the harvest they came to, and that's why we had so many different Jews coming to Jerusalem. That was why they were all gathered from all those different places, which I will not, never repeat probably again. Uh, it was a harvest festival, and isn't it interesting that God chose that time for the Spirit to be poured out. And as we see, and Ryan's going to pick this up next week in chapter, the end of chapter 2, we see that 3,000 believe Peter's message and are saved and at it that day. And from that point on, there's a greater harvest to come. Isn't that incredible that God would choose that time to do that? And the other thing about Pentecost is, later on it picked up this um, remembrance as well, is that, Pentecost also landed at the same time, 50 days after Passover, is when God gave the law to Moses on Mount Sinai, if you remember that from the Old Testament. And they began to remember not only the harvest, but they also, Pentecost was synonymous with remembering that the law was given from God. That God gave the law to the Jews to say, you're my people, this is my commands. this is what I want you to obey. We have a covenant, old covenant, we call it now, relationship, that you know what to obey. And isn't it interesting that God would pour out his spirit and all those prophecies we see from Ezekiel and Isaiah and Jeremiah about I'm going to put a new spirit within you. Why is he putting a new spirit within us so that the law can now be written on our hearts? Okay? And Paul goes to great length in Romans to say before the law was out here and all the law does it defines God's right and wrong but it does nothing to empower you to allow you to obey the right. So here it is, Ten Commandments. There you go. You know what the Ten Commandments are. But in the Old Covenant, it gave, there was no power from the law to empower you from the inside to want to obey or allow you to obey the Ten Commandments. You knew what they were. Okay. Do not murder. I know that. It's right there. Okay. But there's nothing within me that allows me not to hate my brother. Okay. Do not commit adultery. There's nothing in me that helps me deal with lust. I know it's wrong, but there's nothing in me to help me not to lie or to steal or to even obey my parents. And boy, we pray for this one a lot in our home. Our kids, please be filled with the Holy Spirit so they'll help you. (laughs) Because we're trying to be filled with the Holy Spirit so we can help not exasperate our children. This is trying to understand the magnitude of what's taking place, that finally, On the day of Pentecost, the Spirit's being poured out. That there's a greater harvest to come, but now we've received a new Spirit within us. Heart of stone, dead. Heart of flesh, alive. God's Spirit is now within us. That changes our attitudes. It changes our motivation. It changes our desires. It empowers us to want and to follow God. Folks, we live in a great day. We live New covenant. The problem with many Christians is, I grew up this way. Jesus, Lamb of God, takes away the sins of the world. If I don't believe in Jesus, I will go to hell. And my sin, I'm in debt. I'm not righteous before God. Hallelujah. That's truth, And therefore, Jesus, I put my faith and my trust in you. The problem with this, no one taught me about the Holy Spirit. And so I went back trying to live exactly as Old Covenant. Here are the Ten Commandments. I know that's what I'm supposed to do let alone all the other things that got added to it as you know we couldn't play cards on Sunday you couldn't do the wash on Sunday well we couldn't play the cards any day of the week but we couldn't do the wash on Sunday because it's a religious day and you couldn't do all these things and you're like holy cow how am I supposed to keep all of these and you live on your guilt and condemnation because you're like oh man I'm even thinking it but I'm not doing it but Jesus said if you lost in your heart it's already like you already sin so there i'm guilty on that one so then i might as well just go ahead and do it because i'm guilty anyway so i might as well enjoy the pleasure of sin because you know what i'm already condemned and you're just going like i need to try to repent you're like oh god i'm sorry i did that and i'm going to do better this time i'm going to get up early i'm going to study my bible i'm going to memorize scripture more i'm going to pray more i'm going to you know i won't do laundry on sunday okay i'll i'll do all these things and you never get any victory Okay, I'm going to go to church. And I did. I went to church every, I went to Sunday school every Sunday morning. I went to church every Sunday. I went to church every Sunday night. I went to prayer meeting. I went to youth group. I'm a good boy. I'm trying my best. I'm memorizing. I memorized King James. I did. I had King James right into my 20s. Didn't even know there was another translation. Okay? Serious. Nobody told me about the Holy Spirit. Nobody told me that when you're saved, that you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit who changes your heart that allows you to, first of all, you want to live differently. Before God, I don't really want to ask what God wants to do with my rest of my life because he's going to make me do something I hate. So I'm just going to ignore God. I won't ask him about that one. Okay? It's true. I finished high school. I didn't ask God what he wanted to do with the rest of my life. Why? Because I didn't really know God and I thought he's going to make me do something I hate. Okay? So I'm, not, I'm just going to ignore him. I won't even ask. I did phys ed. I love sports more than I love God. I'm going to do something with sports. That's my story. No one told me the Holy Spirit helps you have a heart that you want to obey God. That you can actually delight in God. that You can actually want to know God. That you can actually be satisfied. You can have peace. Okay? And that the things of this world do go strangely dim because God is so much greater. God is so much stronger. God is alive. God loves me. God even likes me. God has a purpose for my life. God has a calling on my life. The Holy Spirit was the missing link. I had the word of God. I had salvation in Jesus Christ. I knew him as the lamb of God who takes away my sins. Hallelujah. I was saved. Hallelujah for that. So I thank my church growing up. They got that part right. Okay? Heard it every week. That part I got. I missed the second part that Jesus is the one who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's what John the Baptist said, but he also said, and he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. So folks, this morning, you've got to know Jesus is Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world before we can get to this. But folks, if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is vitally important. Quickly. It's a supernatural thing. Okay, folks? This is where, if you're logical, use your logic to say, supernatural is not illogical. How's that for... Okay? Okay? Allow your mind to expand to say, you know what? God's a supernatural God. Therefore, it's logical that supernatural things would happen to us. That's logical. Okay? And Ryan will fill in the blanks for me next week. Okay? (laughs) Do you understand me on that? If we have a supernatural God then it's logical that supernatural things are going to happen to us. We should expect it. And this is supernatural. There's no way you can explain it other otherwise, okay? A lot of churches try to do it today. Explain it away. It was just for back then. It's not for us today. Everything, okay? Supernatural God, Jesus, the Lord God Almighty, the same yesterday, today, forever. Same today. And if Jesus, who denied Peter... Just a few weeks earlier, a few months earlier, can get up after he's filled with the Holy Spirit and preach Jesus, as Ryan's going to get into next week. I want that Holy Spirit, because before I had the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, I denied Christ every day. It's vital we have the empowering of the Holy Spirit, supernatural. It affected their senses. They heard something. It sounded like they—I can't hardly even a rushing mighty wind. Okay, some translations say a violent wind. Okay, something took place that affected their senses. And we see all throughout the Bible wind, and we talk about in the Bible, most of the time equals power. Okay, wind equals power. And Jesus said, You will receive power, dynamite power. No matter what your personality is, introvert, extrovert, no matter what your background is, no matter what's been done to you or hasn't been done to you, all those things, it doesn't give little exclamation or little parentheses saying, if this happened to you, this doesn't apply to you. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses. Power, wind, power of God was being poured out. They were changed. They were transformed. The power of God was poured out. Kind of like a wind. We don't even know it is. Okay? They saw with their eyes what appeared to be like tongues of fire rest on each of them. Now, I can't explain that, folks. Ryan and I were talking. We're trying to divvy up. And Ryan just said, whatever you do, don't don't give me the part about the tongues of fire. (laughs) So don't worry. We'll talk about that one because I can just say I don't quite understand it. But something happened. And a lot of times fire in the Bible talks about purity. Remember Isaiah in the Old Testament? Isaiah 6. You know, he had a vision of God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. First thing he says, you know, woe unto me. I'm a man of unclean lips. When we actually realize who God is, we realize we're sinful. We're sinners. And what did they do? They took a coal and they touched his lips. Fire. Now you've been made clean. And folks, when we receive Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, our sins are forgiven. Our debt is paid. There's a legal transaction that takes place. But it gets even better than that. There's a cleansing that comes. We read it in 1 John, don't we? We say, we confess our sins. Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us, to purify us from all unrighteousness. The Holy Spirit comes, and the Holy Spirit, with fire, with purity, burns within us. Jesus said, John the Baptist said, Jesus is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. There's a cleansing that comes, that we get a clear conscience before God. Yes, I might remember what I did, but the power of what I did doesn't have to rule me or control me anymore. This might have been done to me, but I can forgive, and by receiving the grace and the power of God, I have power from on high, that doesn't have to control me anymore. That I can have a purity, that even though things have been done to me, and I've done things, I can have a cleansing. I don't have to be ruled by shame, or fear, or guilt, or condemnation anymore. And it's more than Positive thinking. It's more than anything The power of God does that in us. Tongues of fire. There's a purifying that comes. Purify my heart, oh God. Okay. Make me be like gold and precious silver. The Holy Spirit helps us do that. We just can't whip it up ourselves. It's the Holy Spirit, it's supernatural. That's part of what the Holy Spirit does. And it affects our speech. They spoke in different tongues. Now, again, okay? I would prefer this. Wherever you see the word tongues here, just think of languages, because tongues freaks us out. Okay, we think, well, the gift of tongues is the gift of tongues for today, and I don't know. And what about tongues? And what about tongues? And what about tongues? And what about tongues? And I can handle this, and I can handle that, and I can gifts of help and administration, and we gotta love one another. But I don't know about tongues, about tongues. And what about tongues? And what about tongues? What about tongues? Okay, it gets to be a big deal, folks. They spoke in other. Languages. The only time we use tongue is this. My native tongue is English. My native tongue is British English. My native tongue is French. (laughs) We say that and we don't think anything of it. Do we? We don't freak out. Your native tongue is that? They spoke in different languages. And as we read later on. Okay, Paul does more teaching on this, which we won't get into right now. You know, some are languages that we understand that are from different parts of the world. Now there are angelic languages. Here, it appears, they're languages that other people understood from all those countries that you can read about. It affected their language. And language in the Bible always refers to nations. And this is a redemptive story. Because if you read in Genesis chapter 10... And you read Old Testament in Genesis. People who weren't following God got together and said, you know what, we're going to build a tower that's going to reach to heaven and we'll be like God. And what did God do? He messed up all their language. And they didn't understand each other and they stopped the work on that tower, which we call Babel, Babel. And here, back then, God used language to spread people out and that it was a dividing wall and how many times is language a dividing wall in our society in our culture even within countries we know about it french english right here in canada don't we and here god's redeeming here god is using different languages instead of separating people what's it doing it's uniting them together they're all declaring the praises of god that people can join in together and say we're amazed we're perplexed we're bewildered Who are these Galileans? I mean, Galileans did not have a good reputation. They were the uneducated, okay? Who are these outsiders? Who are these country folk, you know, speaking in this cosmopolitan Jerusalem, our language? Where did they learn that? Supernatural. And today, as we see in the Bible, Jesus said, you know, one day every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess. You read the book of Revelation. Every people group, every nation, every tribe tongue and nation it's a redeeming thing we'll talk more about the gift of tongues and all that another time okay when we try to explain that here okay in a corporate meeting someone gives a tongue we need an interpretation thing it's god word it's a prayer praise to god okay here languages okay we'll move along and we'll finish with this okay the question is was this a special thing was this just for Pentecost and not for us? That's a good question. And I think we're going to answer it as we go through the book of Acts. That you're going to see in chapter 8 with, Samari- with the Samaritans. Okay? They're saved. They believe the message. And a little while later, Peter and John come to check it out. They hadn't received the Holy Spirit yet. Peter and John lay their hands on them, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And some prophesy. Some do this. Chapter 9, Saul, persecuting Christians, knocked off his horse. Jesus reveals himself to him. Paul, why are you persecuting me? Three days, I mean, there's a supernatural experience. Yet, three days later, God taps Ananias and says, go pray for Saul. And it says he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Acts chapter 10, Cornelius, Peter's preaching. They're saved. They're baptized in the Spirit. They're baptized in water. all probably within, like, ten minutes of each other. We're not quite sure of the time frame. Acts 19, in Ephesus, Paul comes along. They're believers. And he says, um, guys... Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? Now, why would Paul ever say that? And they're like, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. So, my point in all that, we're going to get to some of those. My point being, there are some things to Acts chapter 2 that are unique. Okay? We'll give that. Okay? It's the first time the Spirit's poured out. It says they were waiting together. They were in prayer. We don't have to wait like that anymore. Okay? Those are some unique things that now Jesus has ascended. Jesus is the Lamb of God. Okay, there's some things that are unique, but there are things for us today. And that's the question is, there's an event and then a lifestyle. Okay, what do I mean by that? Because we can get confused in these things. There was an event, Acts chapter 2, Pentecost. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. We read two chapters more, same people that were there were filled with the Holy Spirit again. So this is the thing for us. The question and we'll try to keep answering it. The question really for you today, and I, I have my personal experience to go along with it. Okay. Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? That's the question. Okay. So, one step before that, I guess, have you received Christ as your Lord and Savior? That's the first question. I had done that. I'd never even heard of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So when I was faced with, have I been Baptized, you can use that word, or filled. We use them kind of interchangeably. John the Baptist said, Jesus will baptize you. So we use that word. That's kind of the first initial event. Okay, Jesus said, you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. You'll be baptized in power. In one sense, that's a one-time event. So I can remember when I was baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time. Okay, I can remember it. And here's the thing, folks. I hadn't even heard of it. It happened okay so i wasn't you know i was baptized in the holy spirit i had the most incredible peace i've ever had i could have floated out of the room i lost my shame before i would never admit i was a christian i never told anyone i went to church i was a closet christian i walked out that night saying i'm gonna tell the world about jesus i was filled with power from on high i knew that god loved me for the first time i knew that god loved me god loved me the waves of peace just god loves me hallelujah one-time event, it happens. Now, I want to go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I want to keep asking. Rivers is the living water, Jesus said, will flow from your innermost being. I want to live a victorious life. I want to have a new heart, new desires. I want to have power to say no to temptation, yes to God, all those things. Spiritual gifts, all those things. So we need to receive and we need to respond. And the last thing, I'll just say this. When we receive the Holy Spirit baptized, filled, go on being filled, it's a personal experience. It says every one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? So as salvation, we don't believe that as a corporate body, we're all saved just because we say take communion. Okay? It's a personal thing. However, there's a corporate part to it, that we, as the people of God, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We are individually a temple of the Holy Spirit. We are, body-wise, a temple of the Holy Spirit. There's a personal part to it. There's a corporate part. And the last part is there's a missional part to it. Okay, Because church history is full of this. People, we get so close. We believe in Jesus, Lord and Savior. We get that right. He takes away the sins of the world. We get that the Holy Spirit's for today. We can be filled with the Holy Spirit. We get that right. And then we do this. God, come and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I have a great experience with God. And we keep it to ourselves. keep it to ourselves this is great okay i'm gonna keep it to myself so i go and worship in my room just me and god i read my bible just me and god i pray it's just me and god i walk down the street just me and god we're hanging we're like this we're okay and we miss that's all good it is that's great but there's a missional part to it that when we're filled with the spirit of god we tell others the good news. Peter denied Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, and Ryan's going to pick this up next week. Got up and said, We're not drunk, folks. Something supernatural has gone on. Let me tell you about Jesus. And he went through the Old Testament. He used his mind, he used logic. He went through. This is what was prophesied in the Old Testament. Joel, David. This is Jesus who is with you. This is who he was. Now, he shared what had happened to him. He goes, I will explain what you see and what you hear. So you have an opportunity that if someone notices a change in your life, you have an opportunity to say, I can tell you about the change. Okay? Jesus has saved me. I've been filled with his spirit. This is what happens to me. Here's what the Bible says. Now how they respond, that's totally out of your control. But you've done your part. So folks, when we talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not—it It is a personal thing. But it's just not for you to sort of enjoy, okay? But it doesn't affect the rest of your life. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is, it affects every part of my life. We were singing that song this morning about, one of them that are great, about the Lord reigning. And I was just like, Lord, by your spirit, would you reign in my marriage? Would you reign in my parenting? Would you reign in my finances? Would you reign in our kids? Okay being filled with the Holy Spirit should affect everything. Following Jesus should affect everything. Personally, together, on mission, together. And the question I just leave you with this morning is this, okay? A couple of questions. One is, have you ever received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you know what it is for him, Isaiah 53, to be stricken in our place? Okay? For our sin to be put upon him. Our wrongdoing. Okay? Our missing the mark, our falling short of God's glory is put on him and we're given a right relationship with God that we can call him Abba, Father. Do you know that Jesus is the one who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit? That we don't have to be orphans. I'm safe, but now I'm just holding on till Jesus comes back. Oh man, I'm just going to have to get on with it by myself. No, you don't have to do that. He's the teacher. If you don't understand the Bible, Holy Spirit, you're the teacher. Reveal to me truth. Holy Spirit, revealed to me things about Jesus. You would re- said that Jesus, that you would remind me. That you would show me what's coming. And that you can be on mission together, individually and corporately. You can tell the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can share your story. You can share other people's stories. I do it all the time. There's a lady in my church. Look what God did to her. Fantastic. Maybe we, you should hear her story. We get to do this together we get to be this together so the question okay this morning have you received jesus christ as your lord and savior second have you been baptized have you been filled with the holy spirit third one are you going on being filled with the holy spirit the good news is you can respond to all three of those this morning the good news is you don't have to wait You don't have to tarry. You don't have to get up into an upper room and pray for 10 days straight and say, Oh God, when I just feel worthy enough, when I just get enough good things behind me, then I'll be ready. Ah, You'll never get there. God, I'm a sinner. God, I can never do it. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. It's grace. God, I can never, even as a Christian, get good enough to receive your Holy Spirit. But I receive. It's a gift from you. Hallelujah. God, You know, I've been saved, God. I've had great times with you. I've been filled. But God, you know, I'm feeling thirsty and dry. And I just say, you know what? I can't do it. can't strive. I just receive. Come and fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. Let those streams of living water flow from within. I might love you and obey you and delight in you and serve you.